Good evening, you fantastic and glorious degenerates of this floating rock that we call Earth. Welcome to the Cajun Libertarian Live. I am your host, the Cajun Libertarian of the fastest growing libertarian podcast in our movement. So let's get on to it tonight. I'm going to give a very brief uh, analysis and response to the Ukraine President Zelensky in his speech to Congress tonight, and then we will get right into uh, Kalina, the Liberty Chick, that Liberty Chick, and her fight for medical freedom coming up right now on the Cajun Libertarian Live. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back to the Cajun Libertarian Live. Don't forget to follow me on everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, a couple of Facebook pages, well, three Facebook pages, actually, Twitter, um, YouTube, Float, and TikTok. Please go like, subscribe everywhere so that we can get this message that is so important out every single absolute avenue that we have at our disposal right here and right now. So, uh, first thing I want to do is lead off with my analysis and response to uh, Ukraine's President Zelensky in, in his address to Congress this morning. Um, I, I talked with Kalina and I said, hey, look, to be quite frank with you, I had a early, late morning, however you want to look at it to where I didn't have to go to work too early. So I sat on my couch with my kids running around the, the living room this morning and listened to his speech to Congress live. And the second that he went off air, I began to write this, uh, I don't know, uh, speech, I guess, if you want to call it that, whatever. But the second that he went off air, I decided that I was going to type out and, and write a response to that. I don't know how many people have heard his address to Congress. And so I urge you to go back and listen to it, especially after this monologue. So here we go in um, response to President Zelensky of Ukraine addressing the United States Congress this morning. This morning, Ukrainian President Zelensky addressed U.S. Congress in a virtual speech. He referenced Mount Rushmore and the great history of American patriots. He spoke about the brutal and bloody attacks on not just Pearl Harbor, but 9-11. He asked us to remember those feelings we had on those terrible nights and said that the Ukrainian people have been experiencing those feelings for three weeks. He then proceeded to quote, Martin Luther King Jr., not once, but twice, citing the I have a dream speech and then said, I have a need. He asked us for a no-fly zone and said, is that too much to ask? He called out Biden by saying, you're the leader of a great country. Now be the leader of the world, which we had, 
which, as we all know, the uh, president of these United States has long been regarded as the leader of the free world. He then called on us to act like the superpower that we are. Make no mistake, he dressed America down and called for World War III. Now, my heart goes out to the innocent people of Ukraine and Russia. Sincerely. But I will not sit by quietly and listen to a foreign leader pull out all of the historical, historically brutal American highlights in a devious and manipulative manner to drag our men and women into this war. Not to mention the very well-produced video of Ukrainian death and destruction with dismal orchestral music in the background to pull on the heartstrings of America. To pull on the heartstrings of Americans. Now, I said at the beginning that he addressed the U.S. Congress this morning. But that's not true, is it? No. He was speaking to you. He was speaking to me and to our children. Now, history will tell if I'm correct on this last part. I want to know how many American politicians helped craft this speech and sat in the halls of Congress acting like that was the first time they had heard this speech. The lies continue, and I don't trust any side of this conflict or scenario. Those are my thoughts. Take it or leave it. Just a thought. Now let's get to Kalina, the, that Liberty chick, and her fight for medical freedom right now. Kalina, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you for joining me, and thank you for coming on the show. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be on your show. I remember back when I would just watch it, um, you know, when I was new to the liberty movement i think you were pretty new to your podcast um and i would i would watch it and so it's just exciting to be able Thank to be you. on here today well that's awesome because it is brand new you probably doing this a little bit longer than i have but for some reason oh no, um, the, <laughs> <laughs> no you got a major you got a major following on instagram and uh you're absolutely making your way through TikTok faster than uh, I would think the average person would. So let me ask you this. Um, what made you decide to put yourself out here and fight for not just medical freedom, but for liberty for all? What, what, what was it that drove you to this point? Well, I think like a lot of people, I, I honestly, so I've been a registered libertarian for, I guess, since... It's only been maybe a year and a half or so. Um, yeah, a little, maybe almost a year and a half. But I, it was probably the summer of 2020 when I realized that I was a libertarian. You know, it was in the um, thick of all the lockdowns, all of that stuff, and just everything that was going on in the world and in our country. And um, at that time, I was having a conversation with my dad, and we were just kind of talking about you know, my thoughts on stuff, his thoughts and everything. And he started to ask me some questions and he was like, well, do you also think this? Do you also think that? And I was like, yeah, no, I do think that. I do think that. Um, 
and he was like, I think you're actually a libertarian. Okay. And I was like, what? Um, you know, so because I didn't know very much about the Libertarian Party at that point. Um, so I was interested in it. I looked it up. I went to the website, took the quiz there too. And sure enough, total libertarian. Um, and I think it was, you know, around that time when I was like, I have to get involved. I need to do something with this. You know, I can't just sit back right. as I watch our freedoms get ripped away from us. And um, that was really, you know, the first, the first step. Um, it's been kind of like a little bit of a journey from there. So, yeah, of course, it's always a, <laughs> a big yeah. journey from there. So it sounds about, uh, you know, like our timelines began at the same time because I'm, yeah. I'm just a little over a year old here with the Cajun Libertarian brand. And you're basically just a little old, older than a year with yeah. the uh, with that Liberty chick. So but you've made a massive impact. Kenny Johnson, what's up, dude? Um, well, you made a massive I was going to just actually my liberty. So at that point I joined, you know, I got involved with the Libertarian Party and everything, um, joined up with them. We started, a, a, um, we call it Par Parish Executive Committee um, here in oh. Louisiana. And so I helped start that for Lafayette Parish, but I actually didn't start the, my, um, that Liberty Chick Instagram until probably June of last year. So it's not quite a year oh. old yet. That's that. phenomenal. So yeah. it's taken off real quick. So really what that says is that the people are hungry yes. for this message. They yeah. want this message. They know it to be true. And yep. we are the, the people appointed or, or elected. I, I say this all the time because I've been doing this just over a year, right? February, yeah. the end of February made a year for me. Yes, I feel That's like awesome. the, all right. Thank you. I feel like the internet um, elected us because they pick and choose who they want to platform. And, and you and I have obviously been platformed. And so it, that comes with, I feel, and I do believe you as well, feel wholeheartedly yeah. that comes with a great responsibility. And yeah. so when you realize that this was an undertaking that you were willing to go through and sacrifice for because i understand that on this end of it right with the camera and the lights and all that it looks glamorous but it's a yeah. damn shit ton of work and a lot of sacrifice what what was it in your mind that decided that you were going to undertake the sacrifice into trying to spread liberty over the internet as, as much as the as much as you can with all this hard work Okay, so I think I saw, like you said, it, it's like a moment in time when it looked like the Libertarian Party ha has a big moment here and has a big chance to really grow uh, because the principles that our party stands on are really needed. And like you said, people want them right now. Um, yeah. So I saw I saw that. And then also and such a niche for health freedom. You know, health freedom was under attack. And I saw two different groups of people. So mothers, like a lot of health freedom moms, there's a ton of them, and then libertarians. And um, I was actually listening to, I think you were on it also, but there was like a clubhouse and Spike Cohen was talking in it and um, people were making suggestions and stuff. And I was like, geez, I should talk about this, you know? Um, and right. I think I did in a later clubhouse, but I didn't talk about it then. But I was like, somebody should tell him that there's such a niche for, you know, there's these mothers with the health freedom 
And this goes hand in hand with the Liberty Movement. If we came together, you know, this could really grow. And, um, but when I got off of that, and maybe over the next couple of weeks, I started to realize, well, you're the one that sees this, you're the one that cares about this. So why aren't you the one talking about it? Why are you trying to tell somebody else that they should be talking about it when this is kind of your arena? And so that's when I just started to put all the things that I thought down into like little memes, you know, I just do like those simple picture ones. They're not usually or anything. They're pretty much just sometimes snarky, but usually just kind of like a personal thought. And I started to make those and I posted them on my, my personal page, but you can't really gain traction on Instagram unless you're super dialed into your message and you're super dialed into your audience. So I decided Mm. to move over and create this separate, um, accounts. I thought about what I wanted to name it for a little while. I wanted something catchy that people will remember. And so, um, you know, I came up with that Liberty chick and I started posting on it and it, it surprisingly gained traction from other libertarians pretty fast. And it was probably a couple months in when it started to gain traction with like the health freedom moms. And then it just started to go from there. A lot of that was just posting reels, Um, people were super interested in anything to do with Liberty, anything to do with health freedom. So I had a few reels go, go pretty viral within maybe like two months, um, of posting consistently. So I think that was where my account started to get some traction. So that's, that's amazing. So you saw the need, you saw a a void that needed to be filled and boom, you were all over it. And that look, mm-hmm. that that's what we have to do here to spread this message. That it's we have to do this. If you see that void, whatever the void is, if it's in your community, if it's online, whatever whatever need you see that needs to be filled, that's what we have to do. So let me ask you this: what um what was it that inspired? And you and I have been talking for a while, so. Yeah. The, Obviously, I know a little bit more about your background, and I want to get into that as much as you're willing to share. But what was it about the medical freedom part in the medical, well, more importantly, the medical tyranny part that got you so involved so quickly? Mm -hmm. Would you be willing to explain some of that to uh, the audience? Yes, of course. So my background is actually in healthcare. I worked as a physician assistant for um, six years. I actually worked in ICU the whole first year of the pandemic. Um, I was PRN, so I wasn't there full time, but you know, that was my main career was always ICU. Um, I started to realize in a couple of different ways, you know, one thing was seeing that the, the vaccine was coming out and starting to get a real sense that this was going to become mandatory, you know, just beyond that with the masks, and also um, all the other things that we face during the pandemic, like lack of p- patients being able to have visitors, um, people, you know, with different types of, um, you know, considered elective surgeries being canceled. I started to see a lot of issues there that, you know, were pretty, pretty upsetting to me at the time. Right. And then to go hand in hand with that, I started to educate myself more about um, vaccines in general. I started to learn more. Um, my own son, he actually has what would be referred to as autism, although he's not um, hes not formally diagnosed. He's diagnosed only with developmental delay and like stimming is what they call it. So that's kind of like right. 
um, some of the stuff that, that most children with autism do. Uh, we didn't go through the autism testing because he's not going to do ABA therapy, so he didn't need to. But I, I really dove into why, you know, and I started to find these amazing people um, who were speaking out about this, like Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who's, you know, great. Um, physicians for informed consent share a lot about vaccine safety. Um, Del Bigtree, who does amazing work with the high wire. And I started to read books and different things. And I really came to understand that there is a lot of misinformation about vaccines. And I'm sorry if this gets your show censored at all. But Don't worry about it. it. Say most, it. Of it <laughs> most of it is coming from the people that we're told to trust. And there's a lot of dancing around, you know, reality to get us to believe that these products are nothing but safe and effective and that they can't cause all the things that they do cause, which, you know, much research points to things like autism, um, things like um, eczema, allergies, other chronic illness, like um, autoimmune disease, type one diabetes, and they're not being forthcoming with this. And then on top of that, to think that they can mandate these type of products to people and force their children or themselves to take them when we know all vaccines can have side effects, you know, obviously right. there's things like Guillain-Barre syndrome. Um, now we know about myocarditis and with, with the COVID vaccine. And that was really an eye opener to me. And I thought we cannot let this happen. You know, we cannot let them mandate these things as they also pretend like they don't have any side effects. So that has been a huge focus for me. And, and look, kid, I know you're going to agree. And if you're watching this show and a lot of people are going to watch, watch this show or listen to the show over the next 60 days. Yeah. No way in hell does anybody, I, I won't say no way in hell, but come on, have we not seen like the blatant lies yeah. from the medical industry? And I worked in the medical industry for the military. Yeah. And we know what we, we, we when we introduce product, when we introduce um, intravenous medicine, whatever that may be, we look for these situations where there could be side effects. And now yes. we have a, a Pfizer da uh, data document data dump. And there's like nine pages or 30 pages or something crazy. Yeah. The problem that I have with this is that we shouldn't even be arriving at this point. Okay. Yes. The, the issue I have with it is that so many people bought into from the gate that you should just take the jab. Just do it. Just do it right now. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. And they yeah. all bought onto it. And now we're seeing severe side effects and we have it in governmental documentation rec uh, rec records. So yes. what in the world, in your mind, was it propaganda? Was it people were just absolutely scared? What was it, in, especially in your mind, being into the, because I was removed from the medical industry when all this went down, but you were clearly in it. What was yeah. the atmosphere there? What was what was it like being in it when all this went down, when we clearly know that, that we should have spent more time researching it? 
Um, as far as, so I didn't really work much once it came out. So I can't say anything to that. It was, I left right about the time they were starting to, you know, just staff members and stuff were starting to be offered it, um, and like certain age groups and everything. But I really do believe, like you said, it's the fear. Um, it's a little bit easier for healthcare workers to get, the fear because they work around it all the time. So even when I worked in the hospital, even before that, you know, it's like, if you're working in that atmosphere, you're thinking, oh my goodness, when I'm older, I'm going to have all of these health problems, but it's just kind of like a bias of what you're around and surrounded by on an everyday basis. So I think there was a lot of that. Um, I think people uh, really were scared, you know, and, and thought, that this was the thing to do. Um, People that I apparently they trusted were being very, you know, um, adamant that this was the thing that we needed to do, whether or not it made sense. And then, of course, like you said, with the propaganda there, you know, that they were pushing also came actually censorship um, of anything else. And so I think, you know, there was a lot of that. And then some people also even just got convinced because of what worrying about losing their job or worrying about not being able to travel. Um, those things came into play just as much for, for some people, which I feel like is very wrong. You know, that goes into the pushing, pushing with the mandates and everything, which is exactly what we need to fight, fight back against. Um, of course it would be better to have more informed consent on everything, but Mm -hmm. at the, at the very least they should not be able to force people to get, um, something that they don't want injected into their body. So, well, yeah, absolutely agree. So what's your take on the fact that all of a sudden these, uh, poll numbers come out and it's pretty obvious, right? Like most of Americans like you get bit. We're really starting to see the numbers and we really don't agree with what you've been doing. And when those poll numbers came out, those quarterly poll numbers, and all of a sudden you, you saw it in look, let's be honest as libertarians, yeah. we need to be honest and truthful. It was mostly Democrats that did this and those yes. Democrats overnight in concert, they dropped all of these mandates it, yeah. because they saw these poll. I gotta be careful on the cuss here because this piss, this pisses me off. Like, right. Like I get it. What people were scared and they're going to obey and they're going to submit and like, Oh, just tell me what to do. Blah, blah, blah. Even though I'm vehemently against this and make it known. Right. I've already made it known very, very clear that I I was vehemently against two weeks to flatten the curve, but I am also very compassionate. I also understand to the full extent that people were scared. They don't have the middle. I I have a, extensive medical background from the military i get it but my god when the poll numbers came out and then all of a sudden with one of the most recorded the the largest largest recorded covid related that's important related Uh deaths in this entire quote-unquote pandemic because it was in my opinion never a pandemic it was a respiratory illness, a respiratory virus, but it's been the moment it came out, it was endemic, meaning it would be here forever. But yeah. let's just go with the, the the language of the day in that when the pandemic rolled out and the fear came out. Now, everybody's seeing, like, hold up now. You haven't been telling us the truth. Yeah. And now all of a sudden they're dropping the mandates overnight. Come on. Yeah. 
And if you, I, I don't know if you listen to Ron Paul's Liberty Report, but he's talked about that the entire time. You know, he's he's a retired physician and he talks about exactly that. The virus, they say the virus is going to virus. Like you can't control a virus from spreading through the population. It just is not exactly. possible. They want to essentially pretend that we can control everything. But what happens when that when we do that is that we create more problems. And we've seen that to be the case. It was the case with the lockdowns. And now we're seeing it again in the case with the vaccines. And then there's a lot of people that say that the vaccine somewhat would have driven the variants. Now, I mean, like, I guess luckily it seems like the, the variants got less and less virulent. Um, right. But still, you know, it could have prolonged the process for all we know. So. Yeah, but th that's the natural order of a respiratory virus or any yeah. virus in general, basically, is that over time, it's going. it doesn't want to kill yeah. the host, right? It wants to survive, right? We want to survive. What the virus wants to do is it wants to spread from one person to the other. It wants to make you cough. It wants to make you sneeze. And it doesn't want to kill you because if it kills you, then it dies with you. And so what we're seeing is a natural progression. I don't believe... That that's something that look mm -hmm. I, I'm anti-government. I'm 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 not anti-vaccine because we everybody in this household has the the required vaccines yeah. that would make you uh, not die immediately, right? We have the MMR. Well, you know, all, all, <laughs> that's yeah, what they want. You, that's what they want you to believe. But yes, yeah. No, go ahead. No, no, no. Explain. Explain. Well. I a lot of so I don't know. Did you watch the Candace Owen thing on Parlor? I didn't watch it, but um, you know she no. had shared. I believe it was her shared a nice infographic that was showing because it's really hard to find this information. But some of the relative risk um, of like most of these diseases versus like the risk of vaccine injury and like the relative risk of most of the diseases is like extremely extremely low. Um, in comparison and most of the things that are on the schedule now are not you know like deadly diseases but they still want to give a vaccine for them and those vaccines can come with a lot of side effects so um things like you know uh the chicken pox vaccine that they give you know um rotavirus all these different ones that th there's a ton of them and they're not all necessarily life-saving um most of the diseases might be minor, so but they still have them on the schedule and they make a ton of money from it. Right. So, that's so disclaimer there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, the, these pharmaceutical pharmaceutical companies have been making uh, money hand yes. over fist yeah. for uh, decades now, decades. Yeah. So yeah. The, that part can be, yeah. I can't speak to the science of back yeah. when I was a kid and, you know, what we know about. But I do know this, that if you take the MMR vaccine or, you know, mm -hmm. one of the other childhood vaccines, it's a one-time, it's a vaccine, right? It's a one-time no. deal, okay? No. <laughs> you're not going to, well, but no, you're not going to get it uh, later. You're not going to get 15 boosters. Not 15, but they do give multiple rounds and that's grown since we were kids because I bet you're about yes. my age. It used to be like one or two, like you're saying. And now, okay, the MMR, I think they only give maybe two, but a lot of them, they give four to five rounds to these little children. And so that's, it is a similar thing to like this MRNA um, right. situation. Although I don't think 
it's not the same as far as like the mRNA vaccine that they're using now. It seems that it just completely, you know, it, it will just wane over and over is what it's looking yeah. like. But yeah, they do give multiple boosters of, of a bunch of them. But um, right. And so yeah. the, exactly. So uh, yes. the whole point of that Different was. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The whole mm-hmm. issue is that like it's not a vaccine, right? A, no, a vaccine yeah. should give yeah. you a mm-hmm. one shot immunity to it and you're good one or two shots maximum and you're fine but we're we're seeing now even though did you hear the uh pfizer ceo i think it was like Uh late last week or earlier this week like a number four or something yeah yeah so the and not just that he said straight up oh yeah we're gonna need a a a shot every every year like what yeah no thank you i mean hard pass yeah i think anybody that kind of had like an inkling and thought about this might have seen that this was coming with the every single year now i didn't realize that it would oh shit oh there you go Uh, so that's one thing and i'll so just to kind of go off on a tangent so i talked about how i worked in medicine for six years i actually do not work in medicine anymore and if i did i really couldn't be having these conversations because they will cite you for misinformation. They have done it to, you know, other healthcare providers and everything. And so I've left that um, time in my life because I felt that there were so many issues with that, that I wanted to call out and be able to, um, you know, just kind of come against in the way that I wanted to, that I felt like it wasn't really serving that purpose anymore. So so well, and that was exactly what I was about to ask you: is <laughs> if you were so deep and in, deeply involved in that uh, medical community, why on earth would you leave it? Other than the fact that you could basically lose your entire career and job for yeah. taking something that's not going to prevent you from getting sick. Yeah. So I didn't leave over that. I I left. It was never mandated when I left. I left because of what happened with my son. And the fact that you are not allowed to talk about it, you're not allowed to talk about how vaccines can cause, you know, children to have essentially autism. Um, Although I have spoken to people that work, you know, like my son's neurologist and everything, and it's just undeniable that this kind of brain um, injury can happen where kids will have regression and stuff and it can absolutely be tied to these products but you are not allowed to say that and you're not allowed to acknowledge it and um there are issues for some people with um you know asking for an exemption um for some of these products and i don't think that's right and i felt that i have such a greater need at this time in my life to be able to speak out against this stuff and help to bring you know information and choice and everything that it just wasn't, you know, it wasn't the fit for me anymore. There's other things I can do um, with my time. So, yeah. I want to make sure that everybody understands that that is remarkable, okay? That is nothing short of real protest. That is sacrificing your career in the name of doing what is right. Okay, This, this should not be just slid to the wayside what you just said was absolutely paramount in the fight for liberty this is i'm going to sacrifice my career what i've what i've done 
what I've learned, studied, spent money and time on, which I could have done with my child, with my children, and with my family, or with yourself. You sacrificed that, all of that training and time in Mm -hmm. the fight for truth. Oh, and best believe I still I still owe a lot of money, but (laughs) no one is no one is going to pay me to not talk about what happened to my son and what's happening to tons and tons of children. There's no amount of money that can make me do that. I took an oath when I said that I was going to work in healthcare to do no harm. Now, I wasn't that wasn't my job to like administer these products to children or anything like that, but. I see it as a duty to say, ha, there's something going on here and we need to talk about this. And they come against people pretty hard. If anybody knows about Dr. Paul um, Thomas, now he did research and and everything. He did a ton. He's he's actually a pediatrician and, you know, they had pulled his medical license. Um, There's a, a man who I really like him. He's running for governor of Minnesota, I think. Do you know what his name is? No, I don't. Well, he's a, a doctor. Um, no, he's not a libertarian, but he's a physician. He's a and I actually don't know what party he is. Um, but I just I'm know that I saw him a lot about medical freedom during the pandemic. And he, um, same thing, you know, he spoke out online a lot about his concerns with the, the COVID shots and stuff. And guess what? He ended up in front of the medical board t- maybe two or three times. And that's a very real thing that can happen to people when they speak out about this stuff, um, which is just absolutely disturbing because those are physicians doing their best to educate people. They have the knowledge and they have the right to talk about, you know, what they find. But there's such a a culture with, you know, the CDC and all of these different guidelines that you if you don't say what they want you to say, like you can't say it and you have to do what they want you to do or you can't practice because that would be the wrong way to practice, which was never really how medicine was designed. There's supposed to be a special relationship between the healthcare provider and the patient. Right. And um, all, all of this stuff has just come between that. So. No, uh, that's freaking incredible. So I'm, I'm definitely going to look this person up and, and reach out to them and get them on the show. But um, yeah. you're so freaking spot on. It, yeah. it, it, it's such an, an intimate people. We tend to just excuse or have lately excused this yeah. remarkable relationship that you're supposed to have between you, especially your kids and yeah. your doctor. This is something that's incredibly intimate and important and should be held at the highest regards of trust. And yes. that has been crushed substantially in our society. And, and I, I would say that it's probably in my lifetime, one of the most devastating uh, yeah. occurrences to have taken place within our United States is that we have completely lost trust with our healthcare providers and our scientists. And this could play absolutely terrible in later events yeah and i think there's always there's a lot of situations where we're seeing this and it's not just that also with the politicians so what happens is you know it's supposed to be the doctor or the nurse and the patient that's supposed to be the patient should be your customer right but what happens 
a lot of bureaucracy, um, different payers, all of a sudden, you know, government agencies, they have demands, you know, the insurance company wants to see this, this, and this written right. down the, the Jayco right. or whatever, you know, like, um, wants this, this, and this done the CDC wants this, this, and this done all of a sudden mm. the doctor is, has to pay more attention and the nurse more attention to what they want. You know, the hospital wants everything documented like this, those become almost their primary customer. Um, as opposed to the patient becomes secondary, you know, because exactly. all of a sudden they have to satisfy this person because otherwise this person's going to, you know, either find them in certain situations or reprimand them or do different things like that. So uh, that comes between that relationship. And the same thing is happening with politicians, which we all know, you know, all of a sudden it, with with different parties and stuff, you know, they're catering to the people who are yep. paying for their um, for their campaigns. And what does the party want them to do and voting like that and stuff. And, and they stop paying attention to the people because the people are no longer, they're essentially their customer, you know, in, in my opinion. So, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to get excited there or I yeah, did be. No, you're, no you're, you're freaking spot on the shift of importance and value yes. yeah. began to swift away and quickly. Yes. Because of government intrusion, make no mistake, people, this is, I'm supposed to blow myself up here. I'm sorry. Because of government <laughs> intrusion, importantly, that's why that shift take place. Because they saw the value in the money and what the government was pouring into them in the, uh, the safe space via insurance and, and all of the, you know, the back pay it just, uh it's so freaking frustrating because yes. we our medical industry would have been the best in the world had it not for government stepping in and saying, mm -hmm. hey, look, you need to deal with us instead of yeah. your customer. Because if the, if the priority would have maintained on the customer, we would have the best mm -hmm. health care in the world. Instead, what we have is a bureaucratic government red tape industry that completely crushes any ability for a single person to or their family to get health care that would actually matter. It, yes. Sorry. Yeah. It's so frustrating. So, exactly. And then the other... Um... The other aspect with that is the pharmaceutical companies start to get their hand over into the government and everything is all muddled up and it's not what we, you know, it's not in our best interest there either, because then they can use the government to create more ways that we can be their customers for sure, you know, by like mandating yep. their products and stuff like that. So there's a lot of problems there. Um, Dr. Scott Jensen. Yep. Yes. Thank yep. you. Thank you, Brian. So, Brian Sutton. Two times. Sorry, right? Yep. No, you're good. You're you're fine. Brian Sutton is always on the ball. Love that guy. But yeah. it just it's incredible because as soon as the priority shifted from the consumer yeah. to government intervention, and make no mistake, people, this is fascism. We we. Yes. Every, you got these leftist morons, retards, running around calling themselves anti-fascist. But they don't have a damn clue what fascism is. If you want to see what fascism is, go first to our medical industry. You have government telling hospitals and doctors what they need to do to collect yeah. money. And if they don't do it, then they're screwed. 
And guess what? When the doctor is screwed because they don't do what the government requires them to do, you're mm. screwed. This fascism and people have it's frustrated me because I'll tell you right here, Galena. Uh, and a lot of people know this. The reason I know anything about this at all is number one, in the military, I was a medical professional, uh, I have extreme medical back, probably not your uh level of uh, experience and medical background, but then when in 2018, January. I was diagnosed with a deadly disease and I was going to die. That's what the doctor said. And I spent damn near the entire year in the hospital. I learned all of this stuff oh, wow. firsthand because yeah. of what I had was people, Medicaid, Medicaid people, yeah. the ones that are supposed to not work for you. They're the ones telling you behind the scenes, this is X O. Y and Z, what you need to do, F these mother efforts. This is what you yeah. need to do to survive and get the best treatment you can get. And I learned real fast that this situation is absolutely corrupt. This is not a free market of healthcare where yeah. the best doctor and the best agency can give you the best care. This is, I have to do the best for my most uh, monetary gain. And because the government has involved themselves so effing much in our healthcare, they're the ones that are providing the most monetary value to the doctor and to the hospital. And now we're screwed. Yes. Sorry. Yeah, right. no, exactly. And that's just, you know, all kinds of things like even, um, you know, the mandatory flu shot that they've always had, you know, that started off with kind of low goals and then they ramp up the goals and then come to find out, of course, you know, now they're at like a 90%, everyone has to get it in most in hospitals and everything. And of course, there there's a monetary reason for that, you know, or, or right. some type of penalty or something like that. So it, it's just those types of ways that they start to control how things are done, um, which is, it's unfortunate because it puts everyone, you know, in a bad spot, like exactly like you said, so. Yeah, it, it puts us in such a terrible spot because now mm. we, the consumer, and look, let's disregard the yeah. uh, emotional side of it, right? Because there's a there's a really, really ingrained yeah. emotional side to healthcare because you're dealing with people that are potentially dying. But putting yes. that aside, this is yeah. the most important part: is that what is what does the consumer need and what are they willing to pay for? That is absolutely thrown in the trash now because yeah. you have government interventionism and, and to the fullest. And, and, and look, it's yes. my belief that, that our healthcare industry is probably the most corrupt of all of the industries because it's supposed to mm -hmm. be so intimate dealing with our kids in our in our lives and now we're yeah. just we've just completely not even i would say i tell me i'm wrong right i would i would literally bet a hundred dollars that 80 percent of mm -hmm. the people in the united states don't understand how much the government has screwed their health care system yeah, eighty percent. I mean, it, it, it's one of those things that just happens slowly, you know. Yeah, I agree. It happens slowly, it, and it's not so obvious, and so that is—it's definitely a huge problem. 
Yeah, it, 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 so you're right. You know, it has happened slowly. Is- oh, you're good. The, the, yeah. the, um, so, yeah. No, you're good. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I can see your connection is bad. Yeah, go ahead. We'll, we'll, uh, if you can hear me correctly, we'll give us your last thoughts on everything and then, uh, we'll get off of here. Okay. Yeah. Am I glitching? I just, oh, you kind of disappeared for a second. So, yeah, a little bit. I don't know if that's my phone. You're good. You're good. Go okay. ahead and, uh, so, give us your phone. Um, <laughs> final thoughts. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So basically, What I think is that something that we can do, because we can't, although we can't change the system overnight, the best thing to do is for your health, take your health into your own hands. You need to really focus on your health, focus on getting your family as healthy as possible. That means eating healthy. That means working out. That means, you know, looking at, at vitamins, different things like that. Um, those things are so important because if we can get our health back, we don't need this system as much. We don't want to rely heavily on it. It's not a good system. You want to rely most heavily on yourself to take care of your health, to take care of your body. Um, and the stronger and healthier we are, the more, um, independent we can be from that system and from the government. And then the other, the other portion of that is that, you know, just like we talked about earlier, Having liberty and preserving our liberties, it takes sacrifices from people. We can't always say, you know, I want to travel, so I'm going to go ahead and get this thing that I don't want just because of that. At some point, we need to take our liberties seriously and push back. We have to get uncomfortable. We need to be accepting some inconvenience on ourselves and our lives if we want our children to have the lives that we had growing up. You know, I'm in my 30s and we had a lot a lot more liberties when I was younger, maybe not as many as we should have, but I don't want to be the one to let them slip away. And I think we all have a responsibility to see how can we push back in everyday life? You know, if we all pushed back in the beginning, and that's the other thing, when you were talking about what, you know, the poll numbers going down, they're saying we're tired of this. If we had pushed back in the beginning, they might've given up faster. You know, maybe they wouldn't have. They It seemed like they had an agenda there, especially with Trump and everything mm. too. But um the faster and harder we push back against these mandates and tell them no, the less of a chance that they're going to think they can bully us next time or continue to strip our, our rights away from us. So I think we all have a responsibility to push back as much as possible um, and just make our voices heard that we we're not okay with this stuff. So. No, I think that's absolutely remarkable. I think you nailed it. Absolutely nailed it because if we wait any longer and we be silent for one second longer, they, yeah. <laughs> they will advance their agenda in yes. oppressing your liberties every yeah. second of every day that they effing can. So yes. it takes all of us right now, right here, to stand up right now and say, hell no, no more. We're not going along with this. You don't tell us what to do. We yes. decide. And we are the power. We are the people. I think you freaking nailed it right there on the end. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I want to say too, I agree with you. You know, you talked about the war aspect and everything. We do not want to get involved in in World War III. I know that's a very um, libertarian stance that war is not something that we want, you know, and just like you Mm -hmm. said, I 
don't agree with that. I can't agree with that. It's going to cause more destruction to us and, you know, to our people and our families and our country um, as a whole. You know, we're already seeing the effects of getting involved with prices and everything going up. I believe that they have an agenda to crush the middle class. They want to, you know, starve us out with gas prices and energy. And we, we don't need to be playing into their agendas. They have a bigger agenda with this, in my opinion as opposed to what, like he said, they're manipulating and pulling on our heartstrings for, just like they did with COVID. And we don't need to forget about that. We need to remember how they treated us before and yep. look at them through the same lens as they're probably the same people and there's something else going on here. Um, but really quick too, I just wanna say, if you are interested in health freedom and you're in Louisiana, check out Health Freedom Louisiana. They have a, um, a Facebook page and Instagram. If you're on Instagram, check out um, Bayou Mama Bayou Mama Bears. They are fighting the mandates here in Louisiana. They're the reason that the mask mandate went away in um, in New Orleans. They're the reason the Vax passport Amen. is also getting dropped. They fought that. They were going to take Mayor um, what is it Cantrell? No, yeah, yeah, Latoya um, Cantrell. Latoya Cantrell. Yes, they were going to take her to court. And so, of course, the day before court, she decided to cancel those mandates and set up a cancellation. Yeah, she definitely did. Um, (laughs) Jeff, yeah, Jeff Landry, the attorney general, he's helping them get on there. They have another um, uh, petition that they just had signed. Um, They're also working with, I think, Health Freedom Louisiana and um, Children's Health Defense. And that is to protect the children of Louisiana from being mandated the um, COVID vaccine for the next school year because John Bell Edwards is still pushing for that. He won't let it go because- He'll be fine. Yeah, he's with the agenda though and he will not let it go. He's gonna keep pushing for that. And so these people are fighting back. Um, Jeff Landry's on their side. Um, Definitely get involved with that if you can, if you're in Louisiana. And if you're not, there's probably chapters of Children's Health Defense um, and other health freedoms, you know, in your state too, so. Kalina, do me a favor when you get a chance, please send me all of that information. Oh, so I that will. I can... send it to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we'll blast out everywhere. That is amazing. Uh, thank you for the fight that you have uh, ensued. It's not easy. I know 100%. None of this is easy. It looks glamorous on the surface of being on the screen and having a, a, a social media following, but this shit is not easy. It's hard. It takes a toll, but it matters. And you have placed an extremely important value on what matters. I can't thank you enough for that. I will also see you at the uh, Louisiana convention. Yeah. So excited. Yeah. We're really excited. Everybody was super excited to have you speak there. So it's going to be awesome. That's Um, incredible. Should be really fun. So yes, thank you for coming to that. That'll be good. Yeah, yeah, no, thank you for having me. And uh, let everybody know uh, exactly where they can follow you, follow you, how they can support you, and how they can support your activism and your absolutely obvious drive for liberty in this country in this dire time. Yes. Um, so you can follow me on Instagram. It's at that Liberty Chick. I have the same at on TikTok. I'm just kind of getting started on TikTok. Also, um, if you want to follow our page for um, Libertarians of Lafayette Parish, we have a Facebook page there. That would be awesome. There's also the Libertarian Party of Louisiana. If you can follow that, that would be great, too. So, 
That's awesome. Thank you so much, Kalina. And I will see you in like what less than two weeks. Yeah, less than probably two weeks. Probably about yeah, awesome. yeah, real soon. And then uh as we get all of this kind of behind us, what we'll do is we'll uh if it's okay with you, we'll schedule another appointment for us to have a, a conversation and, and figure out where we need to go. Uh, because look, at, at the yeah. end of the day, the, everything's changing like by the yeah. hour. So yeah. we don't know what's going to happen in 48 hours in regards yes. to this. So we need to make sure that we get the word out. This medical freedom is so important. Yeah. If we lose medical freedom, we've lost all freedom. I'm yes. serious about that, y'all. Yes. That's very real. If we yeah. lose medical freedom, there is no freedom because then you have an yeah. oligarchy or a dictatorial regime completely tell this is not yeah. that much to, if that happens that's 1930s germany because yeah. that's where that all started that's your bodily autonomy don't let them take it from you they're trying to take it from you for all kind of different stuff a you know just to go to the gym just to go to a restaurant just to have a job yep. they have no right don't ever let them make you think they have the right to do that to you Oh man, that, that brings up such a good point too, because I wanted to talk about New York city with you, but I forgot, but we'll do it here in a couple of weeks when we get back okay. together again, Kalina, anything else you want to, to to tackle before we get off of here? No, that's all. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. This has been awesome. No, I loved every second of it. Thank you for taking the time. It was a real honor. Thank you so much. I can't wait to see you in a couple of weeks. Same. Okay. So I just pressed leave. <laughs> no, you're good. All right. Bye. Okay, bye. Excellent. 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 Fighter for freedom. Fighter for medical freedom. Fighter for just liberty and a brand new start. A brand new. We haven't talked that much, really, to be honest with you. That's incredible. I, I did. We kind of started at the same time. And she's got a huge following on Instagram. Go follow her. She's gaining a huge following on TikTok. Go follow that and let's fight this because, look, I know that everybody's focused on Ukraine. I opened up this episode about Ukraine and how I'm not on board with what the hell that dude said this morning. Sorry, you can be mad at me. I don't care. I'm not pro-Putin. I'm just anti-propagandist. And what I heard this morning was propaganda. But. What's not propaganda is that our medical freedom is being stripped from us. That's not going to stop. This Ukrainian-Russian war will stop. What won't stop are COVID variants because that's how viruses work. And at every opportunity, these governments will seize control in order to take over your life in the name of safety. And they could care less about your safety. So let's follow these people that are fighting for the real long hall of freedom and what we're supposed to do and be loud about it be loud about it don't give up this isn't over this covid thing this the uh, covid era and regime and tyranny this isn't over not by a long shot i will not i will i want these people held accountable i want no such thing ever even considered to be spoken in one syllable ever again if it were up to me. None of this ever again. But this is a fight that's going to happen. It's going to come up again. So we need leaders and speakers and fighters like Kalina. So go follow her. 
anything that she's doing, look it up. See if you want to support it. And let's do what we do best. And that's fight the state. Please. I love you very much. Most likely, I will see you Friday night. Same Cajun time, same Cajun channel. If I decide to take the night off, I'll let you know. But I love you. I thank you so, so, so much. You are amazing. And I am out. Thank you.